back to a brand new episode of Rebel with a Cause. I am your host, Eric, and joining me tonight, the wonderful, the awesome Carrie Whittler. How's it going? Great. Thanks for having me. Ah, no problem at all. So, started a little bit late because the dog had to go outside. I totally she understand. did. My yeah. life revolves around the dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there used to be a joke where the, uh, the aliens looked down and saw that the uh, dogs would ride in the back seat. So, they figured that the humans were just their chauffeurs and the dogs <laughs> were the intelligent life on the planet. So... <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely true. It's definitely true. I got two dogs myself. They constantly have to go outside. I don't know what they're going out there for, but... Uh, Not to derail the conversation, but dogs are important. What kind of dogs do you have? Uh, I've got one that is a blackmouth cur. And oh, nice. Possibly mixed with something else. Who knows? And then we got a little miniature poodle who's ancient. Oh, nice. Can't see, can't hear, which is kind of fun. So. <laughs> <laughs> Cranky as all get out. Doesn't like my four-year-old at all. <laughs> So oh, can't blame him. Yeah. <laughs> Once I'm that old, I don't want to be around four-year-olds either. Yeah. So. That's definitely true. That's definitely true. And we got a cat. So nice. <laughs> well, technically, I've got two cats. There's one that kind of lives out in the garage. He doesn't come inside, but anarchist cat does he want? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, definitely. He he kills all the rats and the mice out there, so he can stay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Keep them out of my lawnmower. That's the only thing I really want. But uh, you know, <laughs> Carrie. Yes. You live in the wonderful utopian uh, society of California. How are things going out there? Oh, it's perfect. There's no poverty, no homelessness, no COVID, no fires, no, no police fires. brutality. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's an absolute, I don't know if I can cuss, but it's an S show. Um, you can, can say shit show because the FCC okay. is not hiding around in the bushes waiting to pounce on me and give me a fine. So if All you're right. going to say it's fuck the show. police... Go for it. <laughs> Fuck California. Fuck Gavin Neeson. Um, no, actually, I was just reading today. Apparently, LA, see, I think it's LA City. It might be county. Fact right. check that before you go sharing the information. But right. this, oh, no, I think it was the city because it was the city council. But nevertheless, fact check me. Uh, they just. Los moved, Angeles, the Borg. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, they just voted to start clearing out homeless encampments. Oh. And this is after like eight months of waffling and not doing anything about it. And this right. is after spending, I don't have the exact number, but a ridiculous amount of taxpayer dollars to solve homelessness. And what happened? Oh, the homeless numbers didn't change at all. Yeah. I actually was just in West LA like a week ago, which is a nice part of town. And I noticed there's tents everywhere. And I yeah. grew up in Los Angeles, like born and raised, never lived anywhere else. One summer in Amsterdam, that was it. Like I went to college here. I've been here my entire life. Right. I have never seen it like this. Like there are always homeless populations. Of course, when the weather is like this, it's going to draw people even from across yeah. the country because it's, you don't freeze. Yeah. Uh, but oh my goodness, the number of homeless encampments that have grown, especially in the last year is honestly staggering and going to Venice beach. Yeah. Good oh, luck. <laughs> anyone seen the clips of Venice beach? If you want to like feel sad or laugh at California, go watch that. Because even a year ago, I was there a year ago. I was walking the boardwalk with my friend and it had definitely gotten a little seedier. And it's not, yeah. it's seedy as it is. It's Venice Beach, you know, like that's where American History X took place, you know, like right, right. in that area. It's not known for being a nice area, but it had gotten somewhat gentrified. But oh my God, in the last year, I've seen videos like since I was there, I was there last June. Since I was there, it has become like a, a hotbed of homelessness, drug use, whatever you associate with degeneracy, it is there. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty and, sure. uh, It's just sad to watch. And it's, it's kind of, I go back and forth because on one hand, it really is, it's overwhelming, the amount of poverty and homelessness. A lot of this is due to COVID restrictions, not yeah. COVID, COVID restrictions and policies. But it also, I mean, given the amount of excess regulation and control and shutdowns, lockdowns, taxation, zoning, everything. It's honestly incredible to me that the state is still so prosperous. And by state, I don't mean the government. I mean, they are prosperous because they tax all the prosperous people. Yeah. But all of the industries here, it's amazing that they're still able to generate so much wealth given the, like, the suffocating environment for business here. So testament to all the individuals here in California yeah. doing business and providing valuable services and products, but no thanks to the government. Yeah, it's a uh, it's kind of one of those things. Like even during the uh, the nineteen seventies and eighties, when like tax rates were through the roof and everything, and everybody was cheating on their taxes, of course. Uh, <laughs> you you got to imagine that the same thing is probably taking place in California. That people are still rich despite all the stuff. So imagine what it would be like, <laughs> you know, exactly. if all of that stuff just wasn't there. Exactly. 
Yeah. So I often use the, um, the thing of uh, charities in this country. I think they get like uh, billions of dollars every year. And that's on top of us being taxed at, you know, 40% right. of our wages and everything. Just imagine what it would be like if there was none of that. Yeah, there's actually a wonderful article at fee.org. I think it's called What If Charity Replaced Taxation? So if anyone's curious about, they, they yeah. did a lot of, they cite polls that they had done of people of means. Like, what would you do if you stopped owing taxes? And it's pretty interesting to see the shifts that could occur if people had that burden taken off of them. Yeah, but uh, you can't tell that to your Democrat friends because they ain't listening to it. Because without the government, who would feed the the homeless and uh, who would give water to the thirsty and put a shirt on the back of somebody who doesn't have a shirt, right? So, right as the government persecutes people for doing exactly those things. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, one shining example of that in uh, Dallas, Texas. It's illegal for you to feed the homeless. So there's a group of anarchists there that show up with AR-15s to feed the homeless. And it's amazing. The cops don't say anything. Right. It's we will not comply, right? Or don't comply with murder. Yeah, don't comply, Texas. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're awesome. I've seen the videos and it's like that's there's your equalizer. Yeah, and the homeless people feel safe because there's men with right? guns around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they know and the local junkie's not gonna try anything. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> So, and then uh, you've also got that same anarchist group. They go out and hand out uh, backpacks filled with supplies for the homeless people around town and everything else. So, I mean, people do this stuff. And You mean individuals are capable of helping their fellow man? I know, it's crazy, right? Too? Oh, it's crazy, know. right? It sounds like some propaganda, some right-wing fascist propaganda. Yeah, I mean, that's the stuff of movies, right? That, that doesn't happen in real life. Right. <laughs> Utopia. <laughs> yes, all the time, all the time. That's what we get accused of uh, wanting, right? It's like, oh, you just want utopia. I was like, no, <laughs> like free will and uh, personal responsibility is really, really messy. Right, and I feel like the, you're the utopians, guys. Like, how much harder are you going to keep trying? How many more years? How many more generations? And you still think it's going to work out? Like, <laughs> yeah, two hundred and forty yeah. years of history kind of proves otherwise. You know, <laughs> thousands of years of history, in my right? Yeah, at least the American experiment is what we're told in self-government. I was like, yeah, sure, self-government, okay. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, who hadn't read an actual history book? You, yeah. So, but it's kind of fun. Well, I find it fascinating, too, because I went to public school, and it's weird because I grew up a total statist. I was not one of those anarchists who just sensed from the beginning that it was all, you know, none yeah. of it was legitimate. I took it really seriously. And it's interesting because I remember learning about a lot of different shady things the government did in public school. Like those, that was in the textbooks, but still I yeah. came out statism intact. I, I just find that so interesting because it's not like they're, they're putting in, they're not addressing the legitimacy of the state. They're just, it's kind of like, oh yes, well, this sad thing happened. And then look what, look how we fixed it. Look how we used government to fix the problem <laughs> right. government created, you know? <laughs> so in a weird way, it's like this abusive manipulation like manipulating people into believing it's legitimate by showing them the illegitimacy of like, look, we're not liars. We're not keeping information from you. And I'm not saying it was intentional, you know, yeah. I, but it, that's kind of how it unfolds. Yeah. So the, the old cliche saying lies, damn lies and statistics. I mean, the exactly. government excels at that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. My favorite was the, uh, oh, well, we got this uh, occupational uh, safety hazard administration and uh, look at all the accidents that are on the on the decline since that was like, yeah, it was kind of going on the decline first. Businesses really don't right. want a whole bunch of hurt workers. So it kind of right. doesn't lead to a profit. <laughs> right. Exactly. There's an incentive to keep people safe at work. I'm not saying that always works across the board, but take the FDA, right? Like established oh, yes. to address filth in the food supply and then they're approving the filth like I, yeah all of that based it. off a stupid book that was a complete lie from beginning to end and that was what called is? yeah upton sinclair the the jungle i didn't know that that was a lie i read like, oh, yes. it in school and how the heroic fda was created to keep us all safe from evil big business wait how, tell me how was it fake Okay, so like in the book, he, he's talking about all of these people who are like losing fingers and stuff, and it's going into the meat processing. Right. But, you know, there's never any workers that are cited as uh, this being a case. You could never Ooh. really point to anybody. And, you know, as it turns out, Upton Sinclair, it's like, it's like well, yeah, I kind of massaged the truth a little bit. I was like, no, you just flat out lied about everything. Wow. So, wow. And, and I, I'm pretty sure meatpacking in the turn of the century was filthy. I mean, let's, right. you know. Of course. No. Well, I, it's funny you say that because I can't remember if it was, I think it was the USDA. It was either the USDA or the FDA. It must have been USDA because it was for meat. 
And this yeah. was maybe 2015, a report came out. They were finding like fingernails and rat poop in pork. Yeah. So like, hold on, you're telling me that a hundred years after this agency was established to prevent exactly this, this right. is what's happening. Actually, I can't speak to, I don't know when the USDA was created. So essentially I'm referring more to the FDA, but yeah. however long it's been around, it's still an issue. Yeah. Like how much more government do we need to solve the exact problem that keeps occurring with the amount of government we were told could keep us safe? Yeah. You know what kind of fixes that? If you go down the street to your local farmer and because uh, right. there's farmer's markets in just about every city that I know of yep. and you actually go to his farm because a lot of them was like, yeah, come, come on down. Come see what right. we're doing. Right. You know, they're very willing to, to show you around. You know, it's, Yeah, you get more accountability that way. And if a farmer doesn't want to show you, well, then I probably yeah, not I'm not going to buy your milk, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it gets so funny it's like uh and you and you sit there and you want to talk to your status mogul friends and i love Stefan kinsella for coming up with that term because it's apropos <laughs> and it, it's like it's like well how do you think this would work if the government wasn't around and right. those are like well it can't i was like okay all right <laughs> you know i work in civil engineering so uh my roads are literally my job <laughs> and so <laughs> and so when they start talking about well, who would build the roads and i'm like oh no Oh, no, you just you said this to the wrong guy. I was like, I work for a private engineering firm. We design the roads. Okay, that's, that's not a problem. Uh, we contract construction companies, which are also private, to build those roads. You know, like the government, the state, local, federal, they don't have construction crews waiting on standby to build a road somewhere. All right. uh, that's all contracted out. I'm pretty sure we can figure out how to pay for it without pointing guns at other people. Right, it's, and adding in so much bureaucracy and inefficiency that it takes freaking five years to add a lane to the 405 freeway. And right. you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the construction sure. company is, uh, you know, going to be headed up by somebody's cousin in the, in the state yeah. assembly. Yeah. Exactly. And, <laughs> and I, I live in Louisiana. This we're famous yeah. for nepotism. So. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, it's interesting. You mentioned nepotism because here in California, when Jerry Brown was governor, there was oh, a massive gas leak. It, it was, the company was called SoCal gas. They were handed an effective monopoly 10, 20 years before that. Right. They didn't tell anybody there was a gas leak. It was right where I'm from. My family was getting sick. Like everybody in the neighborhood. Oh, no. Like it, it was not a small gas leak. I think it was the biggest methane gas leak in U.S. history, like ever at all. Yikes. And it went on for months and months. No accountability. The local health boards, the air quality boards, they didn't do anything. I was even doing reporting on it at the time because I still had the anti-media. And they were so cagey. The health department was brushing me off. There were like weird black spots forming on playgrounds in the neighborhood and like they just mm. pretended that it wasn't happening like they wouldn't acknowledge that it was happening yeah uh, but the reason i got into nepotism is jerry brown's sister is on the board of sempra which owns socal gas and nice. to this day, there's been no accountability of even course. now he's not even in office anymore but newsom just continued on those policies um yeah. so it's yeah gavin newsom <laughs> who's like the son of an oil guy you know or something Probably. like that i should look Cousin. into him he's yeah. my governor i don't know <laughs> I don't know enough. I don't know enough about him, but uh, with the recall coming up, I look forward to finding a million other reasons beside the lockdowns to yeah. call him out because I know they're there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he's. He, I mean, other than the 14-inch part in his hair, I mean, granted, the guy's got a great right. set of hair. I'm a little jealous because you know, as a ball guy, he's got to cover it up with a baseball hat. Uh, <laughs> you know. It's like the, the guy is like just pure walking scum. I, I, I don't even know how even like Democrats in California was like, wait, he's related to like oil people. Why are we okay with this all of a sudden? Because he's the Democrat, obviously. Yes, Democrat obviously. Vote blue majority. no matter who. Right. Oh, that's how it is here. People just vote down the line. And it's interesting because there are actually a lot of conservative pockets in California, but between Los Angeles and San Francisco and like the whole Bay Area. Yeah, representation is a Democrat problem. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. Well, what's so crazy is it's like, okay, and here we are. There's homeless people everywhere. You right. can't afford housing. There's wildfires. What have they done with all this power? I don't, I'm yet, you know, and now they're handing out stimulus checks. Yes. Um, because <laughs> just, yeah. just add to it. Just because out of the goodness of their hearts, right? Not because right. Newsom has a recall coming up and yeah, because no. he likes to- has nothing to do with it. <laughs> grease the wheels of his base. Yeah, so it's, I go on and on about California. It's very interesting. <laughs> I still love it. I mean, the, the people, well, 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 the people in a lot of ways, the people are awful. And in a lot of other ways that you won't find in other parts of the country, they're very libertarian, like live and let live. I'm not going to call the cops on you if I see, right. you know, mind your own business. It's that very much is the culture here. Um, personal responsibility, at least when it comes to health. Yeah. Uh, but it's people have just been here for so long and they've been voting the same way for so long. 
and there's so much fear. I mean, I'm not saying go vote for Republicans, you know, but there's yeah. so much fear of Republicans here. And it's always, it just seems to be this sense of, no, they didn't go far enough. The reason this major oh, yes. policy didn't Never work enough. they didn't do enough of it because the, the mean neoliberal didn't push it far enough because he's too Republican. And it's right. oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, interesting. <laughs> yeah, if you want a good eye-opener, talk to people from South America because they're also afraid of the right because of Pinochet. Right. You know, literally chucking communists out of helicopters and stuff right. and laughing about it. Uh, so I, had, I used to work with an engineer, and she was from Brazil. So she found that I was, you know, talking about libertarian stuff at one point, and she goes like, are you guys socialists? I was like, no, the opposite. <laughs> and she was like, uh, she's like oh, well, that's, that's not good. I was like, no, 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 not, not Pinochet. Done. Exactly. I know where you're going with that. No, we're not like Chile at all during the 80s. And so she was like, once I started talking to her, because she was also a big Christian and everything, I was like, well, look, we believe in the non-aggression principle. You believe in it too. You call it the golden rule. You know, just kind of equating that, maybe kind of getting some inroads in there. So after that, she would have a whole bunch of questions. It was like, well, you know, I see people walking down this road uh, that our office was located on. It's like nothing but gravel on the sides. You know, what could we do for a sidewalk, you know, in, in your utopia because you right. didn't know any other word and i was right. like well uh i would probably go to every business along this road and see who wanted to pay for having a four-foot sidewalk added yeah right and she was like <laughs> but they'll say no i was like you didn't ask right how do you know <laughs> yeah. i was like sometimes you just you gotta ask and maybe go to like the apartment complex and find who who manages it maybe they'll throw some money in for it i mean a sidewalk is not that hard to create so right <laughs> Well, it's so funny that that is what trips people up too, because I have vivid memories of making that argument to when that summer I was in Amsterdam. I have a Dutch cousin and yeah. she was showing me like the original zeitgeist. This is a very long time ago. And they talked oh, about yeah, income yeah. tax. And I was like very offended by this. I was an Obama supporter at this point. I was like, yes. no, this, yeah. you know, and like one of those gifts of like doesn't compute, you know, like what what's happening? I don't understand. And I really thought that I had like debunked her entire case by saying roads, you know, <laughs> And I, I was like, yeah, now what are you going to say, you know, and I don't, she wasn't an anarchist at that time, you know, she just knew that something yeah. was wrong with the yeah, system, she, so she didn't have the best argument take, to prove me wrong. But yeah, <laughs> probably taking a little uh, red pill microdose there, so I mean, right? I'm not against that completely. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And I remember it, it stuck with me. There was something about it that I, I knew something was not adding up, even though I was parroting the top. Yeah. You know, yeah, that I thought I had arrived. I thought that I came up with that conclusion on my own. That's like, no, that's years of civics education in public school. Telling oh, yes. Good old civics. Right? <laughs> Everyone takes like a couple classes in it and then immediately forgets it once they uh, graduate from high school. So right? exactly. <laughs> and then we get funny man on the street videos of like late night comedians asking Americans <laughs> basic questions about how government works and they don't know the answer. Oh, comedians <laughs> fixed it. Right. For you. Uh, exactly. <laughs> They're not very funny. They used to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a long time ago, you know, there was a guy, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Johnny Carson was his name, and he had a side right. host. You know? <laughs> it would not really bring you on if you had a new movie. He would just bring you on because he liked you. you know, right. Weird. <laughs> Most successful TV show in history, but, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like the, the Man on the Street interviews, I mean, you look at some of this stuff, and then I know how TV works. I have literally watched them go to an airport when the, uh, you know, the – Department of Homeland Security was now a thing and we're all going to be touching each other's junk. And I sat there and watched him record a whole bunch of interviews with people in the airport. And once they got to the old lady, it was like, well, this makes me feel safer. And I was like, that's the one they're going to show. They're not going to show all the rest of them that said it was an overreach and that that shouldn't happen, that it should be private security in the airports and the airport shouldn't be so in lockstep with the government and all that. And it's sure enough, film at 11, that old lady was like, well, I feel safer this way. <laughs> I was like, yeah, show the other 15 people you talk to. <laughs> right. And it's so interesting. I mean, that just that alone, just editing, literally video editing can yeah. mold perception so easily. You don't know what's not being included. Right. You know, and I've seen it in independent media too, but I think it's a bit more harmful when it's done by state uh, corporate press. You know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, so there was a uh, philosophical thing about frames. You like you have a picture frame in your house because you're only framing that one picture, and what's in that picture is what people see. They don't see what happened around that picture or whatever. Exactly. And so the news media knows how to do it better than anybody else. I mean, we've all seen like the images of, you know, showing a protest where they've got all of the protesters like crowded up behind the news anchor, 
to show that it's like this huge crowds, but when you see it above, it's like maybe 15 people right there. They're yeah. kind of going back and forth. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think William Blake said it best. The eye that alters, alters all. So. Mm, yep. It's true. <clears throat> yeah. Smart people back then, back then, we don't give them as much credit as they deserve. So. Yeah. You know, it's amazing <clears throat> how many sentiments are so timeless. Someone I love, and this isn't even going back that far, but Mark Twain, like yes we could have made him an anarchist no doubt if we had <laughs> like if we had the internet back then and we could have talked to him and engaged him and tweeted at him he he would have been there the way he spoke about congress about imperialism and this was really at a time when like this was the birth of american imperialism yep. and he's so outspoken against it this was like during theodore roosevelt's warmongering which in my opinion i mean i could be wrong but that was really the first <laughs> The first foray into global imperialism, you know, not right. the the great white right. navy and all that other stuff from uh, exactly. Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah, and Mark Twain was so aware of the inherent corruption of government. Like he knew yeah. he hated Congress. You know, he hated the warmongering, and he seemed yeah. to have a, a very healthy suspicion of power. And <laughs> imagine why it's almost like government is consistently corrupt and shady and exploitative and violent and awful, like always. So it's not surprising there are these common takes throughout history. Yeah, and uh, one thing that we can credit Mark Twain for being is the very first stand-up comedian. So he used to take yeah. his show on the road yes. and would cut jokes with everything. And uh, and a lot of it would be about current goings-on in governments and everything else. And it's uh, no mistake that he's actually the star of one of my little sci-fi projects. It's uh, Mark Twain and Nikola Tesla versus the Demon Horde. Ooh, that's yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah, so uh, they actually had a friendship in the 1890s. Uh, that's true. Yeah, so it was uh, really funny because like one of the stories was Nikola Tesla had created this vibrating table that was supposed to alleviate back pain, but he told Mark Twain, don't stand on it for too long because you'll have an accident. You know, something bad will happen. So sure enough, Mark Twain just thought it was the greatest thing in the world was laughing, and he made Mark Twain shit himself. Oh, my God, really? <laughs> yes. Oh, I bet Mark Twain found that funny. He was yeah. always like – so – well, okay, so I recently – it's, have you seen the Ken Burns documentary on Mark Twain? Uh, I want to say it's been a while since I've seen it. That thing came okay, out like years have... ago, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, a long time ago. I yeah. just got into a Mark Twain rabbit hole last winter. because oh, no, I you should. The, yeah. Um, yeah, he's wonderful. And he there's a collection of his essays called The Damned Human Race. I don't know if you've read it. Um, but yeah. just to kind of bring it back to media, I guess, and how easy it is to mold perception. So it's a wonderful, wonderful book. It's his most political and he has an essay that was really warning about the nature of warfare and yeah. empire. And his daughter told him, you can't publish it now. Americans can't take it. Like, you have to wait until after you're gone. Publish it later, which is what they did. It wasn't published at the time. Right. But I was reading it. And basically what he's saying, if you're going to read the book, I don't want to give away too much. But <laughs> in general, basically what he's saying is he's turning, like, prayers to God to keep American troops safe. Like he is just articulating the flip side of it. So it's like, okay, if you're keeping American troops safe, well, you're slaughtering the other people, right. you know, their families are going to mourn. And he just like, it was such a powerful indictment of war and violence. And it's funny because at the time Americans wouldn't have been able to stomach the realities of war. And now they'd love it. They'd be like, yeah, burn them all. And like, to me, that just shows how effective all the war propaganda has been like to the point yeah. where a hundred years ago, Americans were not okay with that kind of violence and they were getting sucked into the war machine. And there was a propaganda machine back then too. I mean, it, it's just become more refined and more, I never say this word right, ubiquitous. I, that word. You yeah. can tell what I mean. No, you said it right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <okay. laughs> um, but it's amazing what a constant onslaught of propaganda can do and leaving things out, leaving very important information out of stories right. that people are never going to know was missing or obviously adding in fake propaganda and information or massaged information, let's say that's, you know, it's like the fact checkers. Now they always find some way, you know, some little <laughs> detail to prove that something was false point being, um, it's very easy to manipulate people's perceptions. And that was so, that was what was so cool about Mark Twain is uh, the back of the book is a quote from George Bernard Shaw. And he says, Mark Twain and I, it, this is a paraphrase, but he's basically saying like, we have a knack for make, making people think we're joking about things they'd otherwise hang us for. Right. You know, so using that humor to really get into people's minds. And it's, it's a shame that all of that has been forgotten because that I think the anti-authoritarianism was such a strong current of American identity. And that's just gone out the window the last century. It's become such a culture of submission and obedience. Yeah. I mean, 
you didn't have to go that far back before, you know, you would hear like the old, the old guys sitting there, you know, sipping on their whiskey and everything. It was like, well, if that census taker comes back here, I'm going to punch him in the nose. Uh, that's right. like, you, you don't even find that kind of stuff anymore. Right. Like I start talking about anti-census stuff and people was like, what are you talking about? I was like, yeah, don't let those feds in your door. What are you doing? Right. <laughs> yeah. I threw away every single census form I yeah. got. <laughs> <laughs> That I mean, is. yeah, technically there's like the one box that you're supposed to fill out. It's like how many people are there, but I mean, who's going to come back and check, you know? Yeah. And why is it your business? I don't care if you think you need to know. I don't think you need to know. So I'm not yeah. telling you. Yeah. But that, I mean, <laughs> then you'll see people, they'll get like the long book and they're starting to, you know, starting to pencil in all the bubbles and you're like, no, don't do that. <laughs> they don't need to know how many toilets in your house flush. I know. <laughs> I mean, and not even Joseph that. Stalin even cared about toilets in somebody's apartment in Soviet right. Russia. And it's it's just that willingness to give this information to the government, like especially in the post 2016 election era, there was so much concern about private companies having your data. Like, oh no, Facebook is spying on us. Oh goodness, all these tech Uh, companies doing shady stuff. And for me, it's like, okay, no, I don't like that, especially because they're they've become just outgrowths of the state with the degree of partnership and involvement and cooperation and collaboration. Like in Facebook's, uh, yeah, Facebook's stance where they got all their uh, seed funding. From, uh, exactly. from the CIA front company. So exactly. And they can, you know, they get subsidies. I don't think, I don't know if they're federal subsidies, but nonetheless, they're very much in bed with government, especially here in California. And for me, it's like, yeah, that's fine. If you don't want them storing your information and sharing it, but I'm so much more concerned about the government. Like the same people that are freaking out about private companies spying on them or were, they just brushed it to the side. I don't know if it's because Obama was in power when the revolution. Oh yeah. Cause Obama was the nice president. Yeah. Right, exactly. So it's okay. I trust Obama to have my information. Or it's just it's just this weird sense of safety. Like, dude, this is the institution that could actually use force against you for what they find. Like the Patriot Act was used overwhelmingly for drug busts. It was used in the drug war not to fight terrorism. Yeah. And it's just I it's such a counterintuitive approach to me. Like I'd much rather private companies have my, my private data than the government. I mean, I'd rather nobody, but like yeah. I find one to be far less harmful to my life and my person than the government. Yeah. Like the, uh, like the stuff online, you know, you, you pretty much know that whatever you're going to do there is going to get sold to an advertising company. Otherwise you won't see the advertising for the wish.com, which I have no idea how that fucking algorithm works. (laughs) Like you see, it's like, that's like a gimp outfit. I'm like not into that shit at all. What stuff was I clicking on? (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I mean, okay, all right, you're going to use my stuff for advertising. I guess that's fine. I mean, al- at least allow me to have a checkbox where I say, no, please don't right. do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, at the same time, you know, the government's got all your stuff. Uh, you just assume that everything is there. And it was the one thing that uh, when Edward Snowden made his, re- you know, revelations, all of us who have been paying attention since the 90s knew that the government was doing this stuff. Right. Google is just the outcropping of the old Echelon program. It was just keyword search. Mm-hmm. You know, they just put a nice public face, put, you know, rainbow letters up there. And, you know, it's a fun word to say, Google. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you're participating whether or not you know it. And just if you're so paranoid to where you think, oh, well, if I do this, I'm going to end up on a list. You're on the list already. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, you might as well let your local NSA agent who's got to sit there and look in on this uh, Zoom meeting while we're talking and, you know, make them, you know, scratch their head. Make, it's like. Is he really talking? Um, maybe he's right. Hmm. I like I, to think that if I have government agents watching me, like they kind of <laughs> like me, you know, like, yeah, I like yeah, to think, yeah. like, oh, she's, she's a good daughter. She goes and hangs out with her family. She, you know, she, <laughs> I like to think that like they can somehow sense my humanity. Like I'm not just like, you know, but <laughs> that's wishful thinking. Who knows? Yeah, like, that's hate me. They're like, oh, this bitch again. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure when they log into my uh, group chats, I'm pretty sure I just make them go, oh, no, not this guy again. Please. Please, can I get the other one? (laughs) It's like you want to think that they're, like, making deals in the break room later on. It's like, does anyone have a cue card that I can can listen to? Just not the guy with the black hat anymore. Just no. Exactly. (laughs) Of course, you know, maybe, maybe we got one of them to quit. That's always a nice thought. I would love to think that. I mean, and that's the thing, too, is I think as anarchists and libertarians and people who completely reject the legitimacy of the state altogether, it's so easy to get into the black and white thinking of like, oh, well, government is inherently violent. Therefore, it's inherently immoral. Therefore, if you work for the government, you're an evil bastard and you have no redeeming qualities. And it's like, well, 
yeah, I felt that way for most of my career since yeah. I started doing this. And it's been a while, but I've kind of had to soften my views, not because I love the government, not because I think it's legitimate, but because I can recognize like, okay, well, I was brainwashed into this belief system. Yep. So were they. It doesn't mean, I mean, absolutely, there are people who get into government, probably a significant percentage of people who get into it out of lust for power, out of a desire to control, to do bad things without accountability. But right. there are also a lot of people who just think they're doing the right thing. Like, they're not aware of the inherent violence of the system. They think they're helping yeah. people, you know? And it's, I just can't, I can't do the black and white. They're all bad no matter what thing. Like, yeah, the occupation <laughs> is immoral, but I've known people who worked in government and they weren't evil people like they weren't irredeemable people they were a little yeah. confused you know i still don't think they deserve a government paycheck i don't think any of it has any like i don't answer to you people you know i don't consider yeah, you it's, it's all words, illegitimate right? Yeah. right exactly and there's a good chance there are people who work in government that would be fantastic converts to liberty if they heard the ideas if they understood because yeah. there are people who see the inner workings of government they see how inefficient and corrupt it is so I, I feel like there's a lot of potential, actually. If like if we stopped just deeming people who work for government as irrevocably evil, I feel like we could make some headway with people who have seen, you know, like there's so many veterans who become libertarians because they see the way the state yep. treats them. They see the effects it has and they come out and they're like, no, fuck that. So I feel like there's still potential in other parts of government as well. Yeah, I mean, I'll say, you know, all cops are bastards all day long. And it's mostly just to get a rise out of the, out of the, uh, the, out of the Republicans in the audience. But at the, at the same time, it was like, no, if he wants to become a good cop, he can quit and go into private security or, exactly. you know, investigations on exactly. his own. Because, exactly. uh, you know, I think the police functions itself is so important that the government shouldn't be involved with it. You know, and that, that'll kind of melt some people's brains. It was like, what do you mean, police functions? I was like, well, what are we talking about? Physical security and investigations of a crime after the fact. You know, and both of these things are already done by the private market out there. I should know. I was a security guard after I got out of the military. You know, um, so you're not going to want to steal something if there's, you know, a guy like me who's six foot one, 250 pounds and got a mean look on his face every now and then. Uh, and at the same time, if something did get stolen, we'd call a private investigator, go track it down, get it back, you know, that type of stuff. But it's like that cognitive dissonance. They can't take it that extra step to figure out how something would be done without a government there. Oh, that, that's the only problem. Well, it's like Plato's The Cave, right? Which I know oh, yeah. is such a cliche example, but if all you're seeing are what the people behind you are casting onto the wall, that's your reality. Yeah. You can't fathom anything else. And that was me for so long. So I try to, you know, once I, I woke up, as they say, and I, <laughs> I, I came to the light you of got woke. Afternoon. You got woke, Carrie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the good kind, right? Yes. The, <laughs> the anti-authoritarian kind. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, I have such vivid memories of still having those beliefs that, oh, yeah. you know, once I got off my high horse, it's like, I'm right and you're wrong and I'm good <laughs> and you're bad, you know, like, cause it feels really good to be right, you know, but yes, then it gets really exhausting. Cause it's like, ugh, it's, it's tiring. Like, to it's like, I'm right again. Look at that. Oh, yeah, man. exactly. <laughs> Look at me like othering all these people who don't get it yet. You know, like it just, it didn't feel good. So I, I had to soften a little and yeah, it doesn't mean I'm any less of an anarchist or I, believe government has any right to exist it just means i value my peace more than like constantly looking down on other people and believe me i still have my moments where i'm like oh my god are you fucking kidding me like you know like <laughs> watch my videos that's all i do but yes, like, yes. Just, I, I have often said spicy carry is way better <laughs> who I, am. I mean it's part of who i am it's just not my main personality <laughs> right 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 <laughs> yeah no it's always great when you when you start getting on a tear in some of your videos and it's like oh i can tell she was waiting to do this one because she's having right, fun exactly. with it exactly yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I look back on some of my older videos and I'm like, oh my God, Carrie, you were so mad. Like so angry. Oh my God. I'm glad I started meditating, honestly. Like it's because it feels really good to sound off and I'll do it again. You know, it's like that meme with like the, the like crackhead goofy or whatever it is, Pluto, whoever it is, like fucking yeah. do it again. I will fucking do it again. I will. Yes. Um, but it's yeah, it's it's all God's place. Uh, sometimes I feel like the uh, the the old magician that you know isn't getting as many uh, stage time as he wants. So when he does the magic trick, he goes okay, and then just goes on to the next thing. Like he's just so over it. That's kind of right. how I feel with uh, being right all the time about stuff. And it's like, oh, really? They are bombing Syria again for no discernible reason. Okay, now let's go on to Yemen again. Who could have predicted that? Oh yeah. no, nobody saw this coming. What a surprising development. We must respond. Like, okay. I was like, you're just so negative. I was like, wouldn't you be? <laughs> right. It's like, I'm surprised you're not. <laughs> right. And that's what's so interesting too, is I often get, 
like a complaint I often get is all you do is complain. You're so negative. Like, what are your solutions? Not only have I made a video about solutions, it's on my YouTube right. channel, but I'm sorry. I think the biggest solution is to disabuse you of your belief in authority because that's what right. makes all of this possible. You can say that's a cheap answer. That is my sincere belief. If we yeah. don't change people's relationship to authority and help them see the myth of it and all of the destruction it's caused, it's going to keep happening. You can have all of the decentralized disruptive technology you want. Sure, that'll help. Sure, it'll make people yeah. less dependent on government. But as long as the institution exists and as long as there are people who think it has a right to, it will continue to wreak havoc. So that's my solution. Yeah. I mean, there are other solutions I like, but like that's the main one. And to me, that's very positive. I don't think it's negative. It's yeah. like freeing people's mind from the most murderous programming in human history. I'm sorry, that's a net positive to me. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, you know, I'll touch back to the movie The Matrix. You know, Neo wakes up and he's in like a little pod and then he immediately gets flushed. You know, just by himself. He woke up. It's like, okay, well, he had help from friends. You know, because right. <laughs> exactly. if he didn't have that, he would have drowned because he's never used his muscles before. Exactly. <laughs> so I mean, that's it's kind of the same thing. It, it's like, uh, well, I demand that you uh, produce a perfect example and uh, solution for this uh, terrible problem. I was like, well, number one, the problem was caused by the government. So exactly. let's get the government out of the way. The the main problem uh, <laughs> that's there, and then uh, later on, I don't know how it all worked. I, really, I, can't, right, exactly. I can't tell you. All I can tell you is that people getting together and putting their, you know, putting their minds together is going to create a great, a better thing. Exactly. Know. And that's sort of the whole point is it's like, no, 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 no. If you think that I'm supposed to provide a centralized answer, you're not getting what I'm saying because the problem is the centralization. It's yeah. these people who think they know best and believe that they have the right to force their solutions on others. I'm not going to, no, I have ideas, sure, but there are yeah. plenty of people who know way more than I do about these different industries and about this different technology, and I am happy to defer to them. I just have ideas about, I don't know, like violence being wrong. You shouldn't initiate violence <laughs> against people. I feel like that. There's a solution. Stop caging people for victimless crimes. Imagine that. Yeah. And without the state, you wouldn't be able to do that. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. It's uh, it's one of those things. Uh, a lot of the bad ideas that are out there are all enforced by uh, government dictates. So, I mean... And uh, I mean, your state is a living example of this. And I don't, you know, <laughs> my state too, because we keep electing people with the last name Edwards for some stupid reason. I can't really. <laughs> it's like all of them are crooks. Why are you electing them? Stop it. <laughs> yeah, that's what's so crazy. Is it's like it just reminds me of that meme. Like, don't touch my garbage. You know, with like the angry possum. Oh yeah, with the possum. Oh, yeah. Yeah, except the difference is like at least the possum can eat garbage. You know, like at least they're getting something out of it. You're not getting anything from. <laughs> like signing your soul away to a politician and it's that's apparent no matter the party no matter where you go you're it's i actually have a video coming out about what you just said um about like the common denominator being the state you know like people being able to yeah. their, their views on you and it's the, that's the root of all of it and it's it's frustrating that people are still so caught in the in the they're afraid of the consequences of statism. Like, hey, I don't want this evil Republican imposing their views on me, or I don't yeah. want the evil Democrats controlling me. And it's like, well, hmm, why, how, how and why do they control you? How did we get here? Yeah. Why are you so scared? Right, because you could be forced into it. And Lysander Spooner talks a lot about this in No Treason, where like people are forced into a position where they're either going to be a master or a slave, and they're not going to pick slaves. So they yeah. sacrifice other people's liberty to retain their own. And yeah. it's an unfortunate cycle that hasn't changed in the hundred plus years since he wrote that 150 years we're pushing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Lysander Spooner was part of a socialist club. So take that for what you will. Yeah. So. <laughs> I actually, I knew he was an individualist anarchist, yeah. but I, and he knew that he tried to compete with the post office and got yes. screwed and he managed to buck legal licensing laws as yeah. well. But I didn't know him to be a socialist, like a voluntary socialist, right? Yeah, it was like a yeah, we're gonna pool all of our resources for right. this one goal type of thing, you know. That's right. like uh, not the the Marx because I think all that was pretty right, yeah. So yeah, and yeah. he literally uh, armed uh, people who ran away from slavery. So right. <laughs> he definitely put his money where his mouth was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that so, was at a time where, like, like he's not remembered in history books. And I, I think it's for very obvious yeah, reasons, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? Like, yeah, we can't have a lawyer coming and exposing the Constitution for being a fraud. But, uh, you know. Right. <laughs> Only status abolitionists allowed. Yeah. You can't yeah, abolish yeah. the government. That's not allowable opinion. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, uh, being in, uh, against slavery and uh, racism at a time where that could get you shot or hanged. You know? 
Now it's cheap. Everybody's uh, anti-racist. Right, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, try being anti-war. You know, that's... That's another problem altogether, especially down here in Red Louisiana. Like, talk about. Oh, I bet. Yeah, it was like uh, sitting there telling some people about, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, well, you know, Obama started that stupid war in Yemen to quote placate the Saudis, and it's a it's purely genocide because they keep bombing, uh, you know, fields of uh, sheep and uh, their sewage. You know, they're dying of cholera and everything else. It was like, well, Obama didn't do that. It was like, yeah, he started that in 2015. <laughs> love when they speak with such certainty yeah like ladies i'm saying lady because i went to uh the women's <laughs> march one year no you had it right like, they're all ladies <laughs> they're, they're like boomer ladies yeah. and i was like with this woman and she was like condescending to me like oh you don't know anything you're young and um i told her i was like well obama assassinated american citizens and she's like no he didn't and i'm like yeah. and we're all lucky he was a u.s citizen <laughs> yeah she's like no i would have seen that and i'm like huh interesting <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but it happened, and you're and she ended up apologizing to me. Actually, she at least acknowledged it. But oh, I mean, that's a rare. It, they're living in bubbles, like even yesterday. Oh. So I'm new back to Twitter. For anyone who doesn't know, I was gone for two and a half years, and I recently came back. I was banned. And now yeah, I'm welcome back. back to the hell site. Yeah, it's awful, <laughs> honestly, and I love it. And also, it's horrible. Like, yeah. I, <laughs> no site gives me so much anxiety and just sense of like, like, like freneticness. I don't know if that's a word, but I just yeah. feel rattled when I'm on that platform but I was talking to this guy yesterday and so I made a post about how Trump wasn't anti-war and no, not, not even close he wasn't, he wasn't freaking anti-war and um so, I, so people got very upset well not not a lot of people but you know yeah. I live in my small little twitter bubble so there were negative reactions so I doubled down on it because yeah. I don't care like I'm not I'm not feeding into this conservatarian weird like no. Sub well, he didn't start any new wars. I was like, what? yeah, but he didn't, exactly. didn't right. end the ones that he said he was going to end. So you're telling me he continued all the neocon neoliberal wars, and somehow right. that makes him an enemy of the deep state? But yeah. someone literally said to me, I mean, and this is just to speak to the cognitive dissonance. Someone was like, he wound down the Yemen conflict, and I was like, no. well, he armed the Saudis and completely it. supported their onslaught. And then he comes back and he's like, well, Yemen was an unfortunate sacrifice. And I'm like, fool, you just said he ended the conflict. And now yeah. you're telling me oh, too bad collateral damage. Like, do you hear yourself? Yeah. String your thoughts together. Make a transcript of everything you've said and let me know if it all adds up when you're done. And the crazy thing is a lot of people are like, yo, of course it does. <laughs> I'm like, hold on, but you're contradicting yourself. And then that's, yeah. again, that's the power of propaganda, war propaganda and of cult personality because these people cannot fathom that maybe Donald Trump was just like everybody else. And sure, yeah, yeah he dropped fewer bombs in Iraq. Yeah, still still dropped yeah. the bombs, though, and yeah, still sold still weapons to Saudi. <laughs> he still approved all the spending. Like, people were like, well, the generals were lying to him. And, like, he didn't need to know how. That's actually more embarrassing. If yeah, he who's the commander-in-chief? Yeah, and if there were fewer troops than he thought, and he was still approving all that spending, that's worse. Like, yeah. you do get how that's worse, right? <laughs> like, if, hello? I get any just and and being anti-war you know being against war that was that was the biggest issue for me that was why i first supported obama because he had nice rhetoric around it so for me like that's the issue don't come at me with war propaganda and expect me somebody was like you need to have some respect for him (laughs) it's like no no (laughs) no i don't think i will thanks i don't respect authoritarian warmongers even if they're a little bit less of a degree than the authoritarian warmongers before them yeah i'm not impressed sorry and that to me just i was thinking about this yesterday that to me is one of the biggest tragedies of statism and the idea of democracy is it takes good people and it gets them rationalizing war crimes and injustice and such inhumanity because they can't question the system itself. So they end up sacrificing what I believe to be probably decent morals. They throw them out the window so they can keep believing in this immoral system. And it, it's yeah. really sad because I don't think they're inherently bad people. They're so propagandized and scared. Yeah. Um, we have a saying in uh that uh, your good intentions have been stolen. And uh, that is exactly what it is. It's you have these good intentions of wanting to do good in the world, but they've been stolen from you by a bunch of thieves, liars, murderers, rapists, and child pedophiles uh, <laughs> that they call the government. You know, it's only the, the worst in society that gravitates towards power like that. Exactly. And uh, it's like good people just want to stay away from it. Cause you talk to people, it's like, well, do you want to be a politician? They're like, Oh no, no. I don't. Right? Exactly. It's like, that's like asking me if I want to be a used car salesman. You know? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We have and these, uh, you know, such heroes. like it's just so funny to watch these politicians talking about 
democracy and the insurrection that threatened it. It's like, bitch, you don't fucking care about democracy. Are you kidding? You care about democracy because it's a ruse that it's allowed allowed you to stay in power for 40 years. That's the only reason you care. You only care because your power was threatened. It has nothing to do with representing people. You could not give a fuck about them. I I'm specifically thinking, obviously, of Californian politicians because yeah, yeah, they're yeah. some of the most egregious, like Feinstein. Well, yeah, even the ones in D.C., I mean, they're sitting there cowering on the grounds because, you know, Boomer Grandma came in there and wanted to take a selfie in the rotunda. It's like, it's like okay, I really got off looking at politicians cowering under, on, on the floor. I'm sorry, you know. my audio for my next video is randomly playing. Hold on. Ah, hold on. Sneak preview. It's staying in. I have to find where it's coming from. Ah. Uh-oh. There it is. Hold on. <laughs> oh man, that dark Tom Woods is changing tactics. He's oh, not no, just playing videos. Playing. Oh my god. <laughs> Some of the faces that she is making are just hilarious, by the way. She's she's like trying to find the problems. <laughs> I can't hear a word she's saying now, so <laughs> Man, hopefully get it fixed because now I have to vamp because there's a whole bunch of dead air. So, nope, still can't hear you. I'm back. I'm back. Sorry, there I muted go. myself because my entire video started playing that I'm posting tomorrow. I'm sorry. I don't know how much of it you heard, but it, there was like music going on and like me talking and then me talking about trying to stop myself. So I'm so sorry about that. No, it was um, great. It, it made for great entertainment because some of the faces you were making were just. <laughs> Just so oh, good. No. Was oh, like, God. Ah. Mm, mm. <laughs> Close your editing software before you do an interview. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's okay. I, I love Dark Tom Woods changing up the tactics on us all the time. You know, <laughs> fries your internet and makes your video start playing. <laughs> I know. I don't even, I swear, I was not touching my keyboard. It just started playing. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, Dark Tom Woods every time. Infiltrated. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. Yeah, he, he changes tactics all the time. We can't ever, uh, you know, get a, like a little modus operandi with him. He just uh, he's just gonna mess with us in some way, shape, or form. So, well, you can feel free to cut that, but if you want to leave it in, and oh, no, no, it's it's staying in. That's that's comedy gold yeah, right there. That's fine. Yeah. Oh God, please nobody <laughs> pause and screenshot my face. I'm sure they're awful. <laughs> or do whatever you want. I don't care. Whatever. Yeah. Well, we actually have like a running joke in uh, in our little circles that uh, if your screen freezes, that's your poop face. So. Oh God! Great. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when uh, this episode drops, I might just uh, post one of those uh, screen grabs right there, just like. And this was Carrie when everything just went to shit. <laughs> oh God. Oh. <laughs> oh, that was actually kind of pretty funny. So. <laughs> Wait, but could you hear the audio? Like, could you hear I, the video? Yeah, a little bit. I think you kind of okay. cut it off pretty quickly when you realize what was going on. Okay, yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, beginning of the thing, I was like, am I starting to get like feedback? Is that her again? And I was like, no, wait, that's different words altogether. <laughs> so that's somebody's hell, just hearing me talking from all different angles, like going off about stages. <laughs> it's quite literally that meme of the little girl holding your ears while the boy is playing the trombone right behind her. Yeah. <laughs> about that <laughs> <laughs> no it's all good it, it makes for uh for fun podcasting so but that's probably a good place to leave it off for tonight carrie why don't you go ahead and drop all those wonderful plugs of yours sure so uh where am i you can find me on facebook i don't really use it i hate facebook with a burning passion especially yeah. since they ban the anti-media um, so I just feel ill using it, which you can see like with every post I make, like every time I post her, I'm just like, I hate this place. I don't post here. Find me somewhere else. Fuck's uh, but I am on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on YouTube. I post all my videos first on YouTube. So that's the first place you find them. Um, I'm on Minds. I'm on Miwi. I'm on Float. I'm on as many decentralized platforms as I can find. I'm not great about posting there, but I'd say I'm most active on Instagram, actually, just because I love memes and I can post my full yeah. video there. But I'm I'm warming up to Twitter. I'm coming around. Yeah. Uh, so you can find me all those places and I'll be here until they ban me. I will be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should take my uh, policy with Twitter. Make your friends laugh first and then go after a blue check. Just to kind of balance out the universe. So Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks, Carrie, for playing along. I uh, hope you have a great night. Uh, try to fix that video problem, I guess. But uh, yeah, we'll be looking forward to seeing that uh, come out later. So. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. Sorry about that. Sorry, guys. You had to listen uh, to me two, like on two different channels at once. Woo, sorry about yeah. that. 
some, <laughs> some, some people would look forward to that. So. <laughs> oh, bless them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for uh, coming on. We'll, we'll talk to you later. Have a great night. All right. And there she goes, folks. Carrie Widler, everybody. That was so awesome. Uh, she's great. So definitely uh, check out down below in the show notes and you can find all of her stuff down there. I'll have all the links for you guys supplied. <laughs> and uh, while we were talking offline, her YouTube videos automatically upload to Odyssey. So definitely uh, check out over there. So she can't be canceled at all, right? Uh, anyways, guys, also check down in the show notes below so that you can find out ways to help me out. Uh, I have uh, the Patreon, Subscribestar, Float Mines, all that stuff. Uh, I have an Amazon wish list and stuff that, that's down there. Also, if you guys want some banging coffee, head on over to lorenzotti.coffee and put in my promo code RWAC at checkout and you'll save yourself 10%. And any order over 15 bucks is automatically free shipping, which you can't beat. And uh, it was kind of funny. I was in uh, Jacksonville, Florida last week, and uh, my son was kind of ribbing me about you know, drinking hotel coffee and everything. And uh, I had to loudly do my ad read for Lorenzotti and hopefully somebody bought it. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. I got strange looks anyways. All right, guys, well, take it easy and we'll come at you next time with a brand new episode of Rebel with a Cause. <sighs> I just totally like hit the mic boom right before that. I'm going to keep it in. Yeah, because I'm not perfect. I'm not, I'm not Mr. Perfect Podcaster guy over here. So have fun. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.